Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a God who cares for us, a God who saves us, and a God who meets us where we are. We thank you for being a God who speaks to us where we are, that that you've given us your word and you've said that you speak to us powerfully through your word. And so we come to your word now, Lord, wanting to hear you speak, wanting to hear you meet us where we're at and speak into our lives. And so we we ask you to do that, ask you to speak powerfully and, and clearly to each one of us. And if there's any anxieties or fears or just simple distractions in our lives that would prevent us from hearing your word, Lord, we pray that you would remove them so that we can hear what you have to say. Lord, we pray that you would open our ears to hear our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive what you have to say to us this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. We're going to read our scripture passage first this morning. It comes from Jonah chapter 2. It's the entire chapter. Um, And the whole chapter is basically Jonah's prayer to the Lord. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Amen. So last week we talked about how God was using this storm to soften Jonah's heart and bring him to the point of repentance. And we know that Jonah's heart wasn't completely softened, right? It was soft, a little bit softer because he offered to be thrown overboard. And yet God knew that Jonah needed a time out, needed a little bit of time in a whale, in a fish, for his heart to be softened more and more. And God showed him a mercy by sending this fish to swallow him, to, to save him. And now, as Jonah's inside this fish, he gives us a glimpse into his struggles. And, and I was thinking about it. He, he gives us this glimpse of what happened when he was thrown overboard of the ship into the sea. It says, the, the text says, this is in the last chapter, they took Jonah, threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. And as I was thinking on that this week, I was picturing Veggie Tales, <laughs> right? Have you ever seen the Jonah version of Veggie Tales? Right? He's running. My youth group always laughed because every time I would say, 
Jonah was a prophet in, in the Veggie Tales, they go, ooh, ooh. And so they would always do that. Every time I said Jonah was a prophet, the whole youth group would go, ooh, ooh. Anyways. Um, but in that story, the, 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 ray, the waves are crashing over the boat and, and they throw him into the sea. And the moment he hits the water, all of a sudden the waves go whoosh, dead calm, right? Uh, and I think for a long time I pictured it that way. And yet it doesn't say that it immediately calmed down, did it? It says it, it grew calm. Like I think it was, a, it was a progressive thing. And then when we look at a little bit of what... What Jonah says as he's praying inside this fish, he tells us a little bit about his struggle. And it kind of shows us that the waves didn't calm down right away. He's praying to God. He says, God, you hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me, and all your waves and breakers swept over me. So Jonah says, I'm, I got chucked into the sea and now I've got currents swirling around me and I've got waves and, and breakers crashing over my head. So the sea didn't calm down right away. He was thrown right into the midst of this fierce storm and had wave after wave after wave crashing over him. And if you've ever been to the ocean and swam in the ocean and had a wave crash on you, like hit you wrong... You know the power of that wave. I was just talking to Don a week ago or so. He was talking about people body surfing in Liberia and the seas can get really big. And, and one guy caught a wave wrong and the wave crashed on him and broke his back. It was that, there's that much power in a wave. And, and this, these waves were even bigger because these waves were so big that the sailors knew that there was something supernatural about this. So picture that. I mean, these waves are huge. They're, they're so big that they scared, hardened sailors. And Jonah's in the midst of it. Wave after wave after wave crashing over his head, being sucked down by the current. It's a pretty terrifying experience. I remember one of the times when I was swimming in the ocean, I, I, I was trying to body surf and I caught it wrong and I got... Not only the wave crashed on me, then I got caught in a current and got pinned down on the ground and, and I was losing air and I didn't know what to do and eventually I just popped up and I remember thinking, I don't want to do that again. You know, and that's Jonah's in the midst of this and he even gets, he gets pinned down. He says that the engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head and to the roots of the mountains I sank down. I mean, so he says not only are these waves crashing over him, eventually they crash over him and, and he gets sucked down into the bottom of the sea where seaweed is wrapped around his head. And he's all tangled up in the seaweed at the bottom of the ocean. He was so deep in the ocean, he says, I, I was at the, the root of the mountains, right? The, the, the root of the mountains is like as deep as deep as it can go. He said, I was down. I was down as far as I could go, being pounded into the ground, being wrapped up in seaweed. And he was so frightened, he said, the earth beneath barred me in forever. He felt like he was in prison at the bottom of the sea and that he would never be able to escape. Helpless, hopeless, can't breathe, trapped in the bottom of the ocean. It's, it's a pretty terrifying experience that Jonah's facing. And yet... I think that experience is nothing compared to the struggle that he had with God. 
the waves and all of that, that was a frightening experience. But if we kind of hop, skip, and jump through this passage, and we see some of the language that he uses as he talks to God, you can see he's, he's really wrestling with God. In verse 2, he says, In my distress I called to the Lord. And, and he says, From the depths of the grave, like I'm going to die, I'm, I'm on the verge of death, I called out for help. And then he says, God, you hurled me into this. Like, you're the one who threw me over into this, into the sea and all of your waves and all of your breakers are sweeping over me. And then he says, I have been banished from your sight. I mean, can you imagine? I don't think he's angry at God in this moment. I don't think he's, he's yelling at him and saying, you did this to me. How dare you do this to me? Jonah knows that he deserves this. And he feels like God is just coming at him. He says, God, you're, you hurled me into the deep. And these are, your, the storm is here because you did this storm and it's, it's coming at me. And he says, I've been, I've been banished from your sight. Jonah, Jonah's in utter despair. He feels, he feels like God has turned his back on him. He says, God, I, I've been banished from your sight. You, you've, you've left me. You've left me here. It's a pretty terrifying experience to feel like God has turned his back on you. And interestingly enough, that's what Jonah wanted in the beginning. If you go back to the beginning of, of this passage, when Jonah runs away, this is, this is what it says. The NIV doesn't translate it this way. Neither does any of the translations. But the original Hebrew says, Jonah rose to flee from the face of the Lord. Which is kind of their way of saying he wanted to get away from God's presence. So I'm going to run. I'm going to get to a place where God can't see me. I want to be out of his presence, right? So, so when Jonah ran away from God's call, he was running away from God's face. That's where he wanted to be. I want to be out of your sight. And yet now... He's in the belly, he's, he's in the ocean. He thinks he's out of God's sight. He feels like he's been banished from God's sight. And he's afraid. He finally got what he was looking for. And it turned out it was nothing like he expected. He finally got away from God's presence. And when he got there, he found out that it's a terrifying and frightening place to be. It's a terrible thing to feel like God has turned His back on you. And, and I think it's important for each one of us to remember that because I think we all have this tendency to want to run away from the presence of God, to get, to get away from God's face, to try to go somewhere where He can't see us. We, we, we want to do that so we can kind of do whatever we want to do. We get sick of following all the rules that he's given us. We want to free ourselves from from the restrictions and shackles of religion. We we just want to be done. We're sick and tired of doing the things that he's told us to do. I'm just I'm going to go somewhere else. And so we 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 go. We we run away from God's people. We we cut ourselves off from from anybody who may who may mention that any God's name, we just try to run away from Him. We, we, we try to numb it with alcohol. We, we try to work it away. We try to do whatever we can to try to get ourselves as far away from God 
as we can. And yet, when we get there, it's not what we thought it was going to be. It never is what we thought it was going to be. The grass isn't greener away from God's presence. It's actually a terrifying presence. It's a terrifying experience to feel like God has turned his back on us, to be out away from the presence of God. And Jonah's wrestling with this, and, and there's this amazing, there's this amazing line in the passage where he says, God, I've been banished from your sight, yet I'm going to look again at your holy temple. I mean, Jonah finally calls on the Lord. I mean, we've been, we've been waiting for him to do this from the beginning of the story. He's running away from God. Even the captain, a pagan, he's not even a believer, says, Jonah, get up and call on your God. Maybe he will save us. And Jonah doesn't call on his God. But now he finally does. And he does it, and this is what's amazing, he does it when he thinks God has turned his back on him. He feels like God has left him for dead, that God is far away, that God doesn't want to hear anything he says. And Jonah says, I feel like you have been banished from your sight, but I'm going to keep looking at you no matter what. I am going to keep praying to you. I am going to cry out to you. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you. He says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help. And God, you listened to my cry. And I think this is just one of those moments where we realize that our feelings are not always accurate gauges of reality. Jonah felt like God had abandoned him. Yet here the Lord is listening to his prayers. Jonah felt that he had finally gotten away from the presence of God. Yet the reality is, is, you can't get away from the presence of God. He's there, no matter whether you like it or not. Jonah thought he had gotten away from all of that, and yet God was there. His feelings were not accurate. Because God, God has promised He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's promised that His people, He said, I will always be with you even to the very end of the age. We can, we can turn our backs on God. We could try to run away from God. We could run with all of our might. We could get on a boat, try to get away. We can work ourselves to death trying to get away from God. And yet when we turn around, He's there, ready to hear our prayer. You, you can never be so far from God that you can't turn around and ask for His salvation. That's, that's the crowning point of this whole entire passage. You could kind of feel it, it building up until the very end where Jonah's basically shouting. And he could say, those who cling to worthless idols, they forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with the song of thanksgiving, that always just catches, a song of thanksgiving in the midst of a fish, a song of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I'll make good Salvation comes from the Lord. He's just, he's exalted. He, Jonah finally realizes that he, he can't do this on his own. He, he tried to save himself. He was worthless. 
He found himself at the bottom of the sea wrapped up in seaweed trying to save himself. The sailors were tried in all of their might to save him. They were throwing everything overboard. They were rowing with all of their strength. They couldn't save him. They cried out to their gods. Their gods did nothing because their gods don't even exist. And Jonah says, the only way I had salvation was from the Lord. The only place in all of creation, in all of the universe, that can actually bring salvation is the Lord. And like I mentioned to the kids, it's, it's pretty amazing that you know, that's Jesus' name. When, when the angel's talking to Joseph about um, Mary giving birth, the angel tells Joseph, she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. Why Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. In Hebrew, Jesus means salvation, but there's all of this tied into it that Jesus' whole life from beginning to end was focused on this phrase, salvation belongs to the Lord. His whole life from beginning to end was all about saving his people from their sins. Jesus lived this life. He didn't, he didn't run away from all of the rules that God placed upon him, but, but lived them out in the world joyfully, willingly, beautifully. People looked at Jesus living out the laws of God and said, wow, that's amazing. We want to be like him. And he did that. He lived out all those laws so that his righteousness can be given to all those who turn to him in faith. Jesus had this agony and pain of the cross hanging in front of him, and he didn't run away from it. But it says, Hebrews says, he endured the cross for the joy set before him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross so that all who turn to him in faith can have their sins forgiven, can be cleansed, their sins can be wiped clean all of his life his entire life and in death when you see jesus it all points to the one reality that salvation comes through no one else but him salvation belongs to god you can't turn anywhere else for it nowhere else can you turn to it you can only find salvation in christ and it's important to remember that you can never be too far away to turn back You can never run so far that God's not right behind you willing to hear your prayer of repentance, willing to hear your prayer asking for forgiveness. You might feel like God has turned His back on you. You might feel like you've run far enough to get away from God's presence. You may feel like you've sinned so much and done so many bad things that you're beyond forgiveness, beyond salvation, and yet... To be blunt, your feelings don't really matter in that moment. Because the truth is, He is there, ready to hear your prayer if you turn to Him. If you call to Him in your distress, He will answer you. If you repent and and turn to Him in faith, He will bring your life up from the pit. He'll forgive your sins, He'll give you His righteousness, and He'll empower you to live a life that's pleasing to Him. The call is to turn to Him. Turn to Him, believe, repent, ask forgiveness, and experience His 
salvation because salvation only comes from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are faithful when we are not. We are thankful that no matter how hard we try to run away from you, you are always there to hear. You're always there to rescue if we just turn around and look to you in faith. Father, stir our hearts this morning to see where we need to turn, where we need to repent. Father, stir our hearts to turn to you anew, trust in you, believe in you, experience your forgiveness, experience your faithfulness. We thank you that we can trust in you with all of our lives. And we give all the praise and glory to you. In the name of your faithful Son, Jesus Christ, All God's people said, Amen.